What are you eating? You're eating some friendship cake. This is friendship cake? Uh, no, that's the apple thing. There's an apple pastry. And there's apple. friendship. Sorry, Courtney. Oh, that's okay. Um, <clears throat> looks really delicious. Does it help if um, we chew it oh, and then spit it in so your hard. mouth? That sounds <laughs> So, well, the gluten so have been. Does that do out. some sort of chemical thing if we bird feed you? <laughs> yes. Bird feed you Burn Street Bistro. Oh. There's like all kinds of alliteration there. Um, <laughs> so I have a thing. Carly, my wife, and I love to go out to breakfast. And in Missoula, where really? eating out is, uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I, it's, it's like, you know, there aren't that many places to eat out. Really? No. Um, and breakfast is a hard one because if you think about it, it's mostly the same things on every menu. Um, and we get a little bored. You know? You, you don't even have to look at the menu most places. You're getting two eggs over easy, rye toast, hash browns, maybe some French toast. Uh, <laughs> That's what, that is what everybody has. <laughs> this all sounds like it has gluten in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, but this is well, where I'm going, Burn Street. Courtney. Burn Street Bistro. They know. They know how to do breakfast. They sure do. Uh, they're open at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday, and their breakfast menu has sort of Missoula staples like veggie browns mm. and a classic egg breakfast, mm. but they have gluten-free options. Yeah. They have, bar none, the best breakfast pastries around 100%. uh some standards like the bacon cheddar scone oh. which is uh, uh sorry courtney it, it is freaking insane i'm gonna mention the mocha diablo which is an amazing mm. drink oh and they have a full espresso bar full espresso what bar. is the mocha diablo it is a spicy mocha latte or no that's a mocha a spicy mocha. <laughs> it's a spicy mocha. With like Mexican spice, like the yeah. Mexican chocolate it kind of thing. It is really good. Totally. And, and their espresso is good. Candied bacon. And they have candied oh, the candy bacon. bacon is, so is insane. I like it because we can go there. I go there a lot with my mom. We play Scrabble. We're there for hours. They come. They're very nice. They the, let us eat slowly. Yeah. The thing about Burn Street, and so Burn Street has a famous brunch. Which is on Saturday and Sunday, so um, good. and the you know obviously you're going there because you know it's sort of a place to hang out. There are people there you can have a mimosa, uh, and the menu is always different. You can eat really different food, uh, but I think one of the the better kept secrets is the breakfast thing during the week. Oh yeah, because like you say, you can week. hang out, and it sort of feels like. I'm sure they would disagree with this, but I sort of feel like it's my restaurant when I'm there. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I take my shoes off. Yep. I take my pants <laughs> off even. <laughs> I routinely I see my friend Caroline Keys doing business. She eats breakfast. The other day, she ate breakfast there. Then she just stayed long enough that she also ate lunch there. That is amazing. Yep. I had breakfast there this morning, and actually, I'm right now thinking about, oh, shit, I got to get over there lunch. for lunch. <laughs> right here. So, Burn Street Bistro, uh, if you're looking for a new breakfast spot in town, that also, by the way, you don't have to deal with downtown parking because oh, it is yeah. Missoula's wonderful west side neighborhood. True. Uh, we highly recommend you going over and visiting our friends over there. Do they, they are, have a website? They have a website, burnstreetbistro.com. <laughs> um, but no. if you want to find out about all the other amazing things they do, uh, also check them out on Facebook. They are Instagram. very active on, on social media. Uh, their phone number, in case you need to give them a call, is 543-0719, and they're located Wait. at 1500 Burn Street. What was that again? What was the phone number? 
The phone number? Yeah. Well, are you really going to call them? Five People four call th- for specials all the time. People call for specials all the time. Is that a 406 number? Uh, 406-543-543-07-07-19-1900 Burn Street. And you can buy some of their gluten-free. They will let you buy a loaf of it <gasps> if Whoa. you ask if you call in advance. And it's really good gluten-free bread. Yes. Also, if you know Jason McMack <laughs> and the owner Baker there. He does a good job. And he does not, uh, he does not suffer a fool, as they say. So you know it's going to be top-notch. Yes. Awesome. Go check them out. Enjoy the episode. That's how we do it. Bye. Mike Steinberg, thanks for coming to the to the to this thing. Thanks for coming to the kitchen. I appreciate the invitation. Thanks um, for having me. You are the. Can you tell us what your title is exactly? Well, my day job. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, the, yeah. I'm the executive director of the Roxy Theater. And your night job is you are a filmmaker. Yeah, I only make movies at night. Is the thing. Is the, <laughs> <laughs> they're really dark. They're dark. Really no dark. lights whatsoever. They're just experimental. Yeah, yeah. Me yeah. talking in the in the dark closet. Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, uh, that's my job. That's what I do. I I'm, uh, I run the Roxy Theater, and um, we have a two year-round film, or you know, we have year-round film programming and a couple of film festivals that happen. Um, one in the spring called the International Wildlife Film Festival has been going on for forty-seven years, and uh, the Montana Film Fest, which we just started about three years ago, and that's all fiction film. Awesome, and that just happened recently. Yeah, like two weeks ago. Awesome. How'd it go? It was a smash. It was it was fun. Um, it's uh, you know, I'm kind of a little more hands-off nowadays with that event, which is great. Um, that's the nature of, a, of being an executive director at a, an organization that's that's growing because uh, you just hire people to do everything that happens, and then you and then one day you actually are at your desk and you're like, what the, what do I do here? <laughs> what do I? I'm not picking all the movies anymore. I'm not raising yeah. all the money. I'm not, you know, um, but I'm just juggling people. Right, physically juggling people—it's a thing that I've done, which is not easy. No, particularly. Yeah, no, it's not. Especially it's, with that crew you have over there. It's uh, yeah, and that's but that's my approach is just find really creative people to do the thing, and then stand back. And, that was, and I was making a joke. Your crew over there of people I know are wonderful. They're good people. It seems like a fun place to work, actually. It is a fun place to work, um, and. It, <laughs> <laughs> It's but, little, but but boy, it's it is pain, work. It is painful fun. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, a tattoo. Just, like they just watch movies all day, right? <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's all they do. What? Most of them. What, like, get what to do work. they do? What do they do? Fundraising well, shit. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a variety of. I mean, there's uh, the, the the crazy thing is, you know, the Roxy nothing was really happening there four years ago when when I started and. Um, we proposed, how about we do a film, like a, a year-round film series? We we could only get kind of access to to smaller indie titles, you know, because yeah. uh, at that time the Wilma Theater was still playing independent films, and they were kind of hogging up the big, st- the, you know, Boyhood went to the Wilma, for example. Right. That was the kind of thing that was like out of reach for us. Because that was such a nice place to see a movie. So great, you and the and the <laughs> crickets and the rats on the bongos. It was really, it was a nice joint. We sorry, real quick. One time, this blew my mind. One time we were in the front theater. 
Yeah, the, the main, little the, one. Oh, the little guy. The little yeah. guy, which sort of was actually a better experience to see a movie for me. Unless, Sound-wise, yeah. So, unless there yeah. was a show happening oh, God, right. in the main so, theater, and I yeah. thought certainly these things cannot overlap. They would never do that, would they? They fucking did it. Yeah, yeah. It was well, unreal. And it was like Tech 9 or something. It, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Tech 9, we've talked about this before. He was here like three times I a year. I think he lives in the Wilma now. <laughs> <laughs> got a He's a bit of a guy. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So, anyway, sorry. Right, I interrupted no, you. I, I, so, I, I, so you guys got this this film. Uh, you were able. Oh yeah, yeah. So, well, we started kind of small, and we started weekends only. And um, uh, I mean, small in terms of titles. Like there were there were you know our first we did the the first film that we played the the weekend that we opened was called a band called Death. It's a documentary about this punk band Death that came out of Detroit, yeah, yeah. like in tandem with the Stooges, and right. you know they were three black guys and kind of really invented punk sound yeah. like technically historically speaking they were kind of the first punk band to get out there um if you don't count whatever you want to count the kinks um you don't have to get into history where do you start else. counting uh punk? <laughs> where do you start I know, there's one one punk fan that is, is really really <laughs> just yelling at their earbud <laughs> no this bastard yeah. out of <laughs> yelling at them <laughs> Pulls it out of his ear and yells at it's it. It's not that, convenient. It doesn't help him. No, he's just yelling but he, at the he vents. He vents. He feels better. <laughs> okay, Band Called Death. Uh, I band saw it. Death. It was a great little movie. Saw it yeah. Great little movie. So that, and then also that same weekend, it was something called uh, The Fierce Green Fire, which was uh, originally like a four-hour documentary on the uh, environmental movement that had been kind of pared down to 90 minutes. Uh, it had been a Sundance film. So, you know... It's, Smaller, in my mind, kind of big movies, important right. things, but we weren't, you know, playing, uh, for example, Birdman or, uh, you know, something with Amy Adams. Right. So those were those were kind of still going wider. So we started that way, and then it was about three of us, Chris Sand, myself, and this, this woman, Jen, who has uh, since moved on. Uh, not in life, I don't think. <laughs> 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 On to the nether. I know there's a, there's, a, there's a point in anybody when they hear that. Wait, what happened? What happened uh, to her? Oh, she just got a plane crash. She just got another job. Uh, it's okay. She wrecked a plane. <laughs> she just moved. It was fun. Oh, yeah, no big deal. Although, I should look into that. Wouldn't that be terrible? Wouldn't that be terrible? That would be terrible. Oh, shit, if this is how you found out. Or if I just, it, it turns out I have the ability to just knock people off by mentioning that. Oh, that's My wife I mean. has that ability. She makes that shit wanna, happen. She like, just makes people die? It will, like, hurt. Like, people will break bones under her Is she a witch? Yeah. I mean, she broke her own arm under her own That's willpower. easy, though. Come on. Well, no, Well, I mean, yeah, but she, she honestly, you know, it was like a thing. Yeah. It was intense. She woke up in the morning and said, you know, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm going to do today? <laughs> Not like, you know, it's probably going to happen today. No. You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to turn my ro- my arm to, like, rubber. Yeah, no. That's not, that's not <laughs> ah, okay, I have why made... did I do that? Okay. Okay, anyway, sorry. Casting a spell there. That's Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's where we started. It's that kind of small small pictures and a few people, all volunteers, except for, like I said, three people on staff. And uh, it quickly grew into um, uh, Films Nightly. Now we do... Um, Three three first run pictures a week plus uh, one off programming of classic films or you know yeah. maybe a documentary with a nonprofit group went from three employees 
to about 15 year-round employees and another half a dozen or so that come around during the film festivals for you know cool temporary work or whatever and seasonal work it seems like the theater is uh first of all you guys are kind of everywhere like the presence you can feel the presence of the roxy mm. theater now which is We're very in the cool. water you know it feels like we have an independent theater which we have had for a long time but sort of well there's this like uh this trend that we tapped into which happens is happening all around the u.s and 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 elsewhere but mainly in north america uh with sort of mission-driven art house theaters that are community-centric and you know they're programming for their community yeah i mean they're playing you know uh independent films like they'll bring in you know mother or you know whatever the the bigger titles in the independent realm, but there's a focus for the area. So, for example, if they're showing a classic film, if they're showing, oh, let's just pick a chestnut, they're showing Goonies, they're showing it with the awareness that, oh, it's been about a year since Goonies played. Right. Luckily, you know? right. Or if they're showing, uh, if it's not cult stuff, if it's tapping into the zeitgeist of the culture and it's, you know, in, like in Missoula, if it's uh, got dogs or the environment in it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Beer, beer dogs, or the environment, it's just a winner. Do you, how do you, because you guys, the programming, when, you know, I always know what's playing at the Roxy when I'm taking a pee somewhere. Yes, that's where we, oh, know, oh, I got you. Know, you. I see that. No, no, no. We also have that service. No, no. <laughs> I'm talking about, what are those things called? What's the, the, uh, the, uh, Outdoor Missoula or the, the Missoula ads, yeah, the events, ads Missoula, that are yeah. in all the bathrooms and bars and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The potty uh, ads, we call them the potty ads, and they're but, great because you can yeah. actually like spend a minute looking at it every day and yeah. see all the movies. At least a minute, I think my urologist recommends at least spending a minute. <laughs> a minute, <laughs> don't pee less than a minute, Mike. A minute seems long. <laughs> um, a minute does. Although I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. It depends if you're at a bar. Depends. You know. Well, depends. Oh, just leave that out there. You said, okay. Then you don't have to spend a minute. It's great. <laughs> just keep, keep out whatever you're doing. The program, but you'll never know what's at the Roxy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we should just try to do a tie-in with the packaging there on, like a cereal box, like the back of the pens. Just show people what's at the and Roxy. We need to get on that for the ad for the beginning of this episode. Oh, oh yeah, you, <laughs> there you go. So, are you peeing right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, you should be. The programming though is like super balanced. You know, like you have the Goonies and Big Lebowski, and you have some art stuff, mm-hmm. and you have new releases, some yeah. like Aronofsky kind of stuff, sure. and then even sort of more mainstream guys than that now, really, right? Yeah, well, so <clears throat> most of the, so the programming happens in a different, uh, a few different ways. So some of it is uh, the first run uh, titles. Uh, we've all got our ear to the ground, and we know what's coming out. We sure want to play that new Todd Haynes film, or you know, when Wes Anderson's thing comes out, you know, there's sort of an awareness because they work with all these movie nerds mm-hmm. and they're like, do you think we could get it? You know, yeah. they always ask some, every, every month there's a request for something that's like, no, we can't get Blade Runner. Sorry. But that's a nice, that's a nice thought. Wouldn't it be great? Because it's expensive. It's not just that it's a, it's a system that's a little bit closed to independent theaters. Um, it's maybe illegal business practices. There's some justice department investigation around this okay. as we speak. Um, but it's called uh, clearance, and it's something that's honored where major studios. It's really just the big studios because yeah. this indie indie theater or the indie distributors anytime would say, "Sure, play them at all the theaters, yeah, everyone you want." But the major studios, um, you know, uh, have a policy of only allowing films to play within five miles of other theaters, which means for the case of an indie, they're going to go with a larger circuit booking. Circuit booking meaning that the that the AMC or Carmike or whomever is booking it in 
on 25, 50 screens, depending, you know, which region they're taking care of. So if oh. I'm the AMC guy, I call up Warner Brothers. I think they have email there now, but <laughs> yeah. I would call. Them. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the kid that's running the AMC 12 calls Warner Brothers. <laughs> We're gonna get Blade Runner, right? Can you text me that? Um, yeah, they just like Snapchat about it these days. That's <clears throat> the kids doing that. I think. No, anyway, they contact uh, the the Booker for the for the theater and that that person. I'm assuming it's a guy. It's probably there. It's all guys in this industry. But anyway, that person. Um, is handling 50 screens in the Northwest and says, sure, you got, it's a, you want, what level of booking do you want? Do you want platform release, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, and the guys, you know, they work it out. And so Blade Runner ends up on 50 or 75 screens within a 500 mile radius and um, they honor clearance. So if I contacted, in this case, it's Warner. If I contacted Warner and said, can we play Blade Runner? They would say, no, we'll need to hold for, X number of weeks still yeah. it has its first run and then we do what's called a sub run which we've done successfully with films that have bombed out like we did the the Coen Brothers film Hail Caesar their last film yeah. uh, essentially bombed I saw it opening night did it I, bomb? well it bombed at, at, at Carmike I went to opening night and it was packed I was like oh okay well we're never getting this and then I, ch- I checked the grosses for the rest of the week and it was just like dwindled you know from first it was like everybody wanted to see it who who, you who's, know, who's, who's that kind of person? Yeah, and then and so we brought it back a week later, and we crushed it. It was a great title for us. Awesome people, maybe who don't want to go to that theater or don't want to go out to the Outer Ring or in the near future go to the mall or whatever. You know, plus they're not. It's part of a uh, attitude towards the community. They're not necessarily programming with the community in mind. Right. So, you know, weirdly, uh, as an example, Birdman. Right, Birdman uh, was an early release. It came out in like October or something. Never played Missoula. Eventually, you know, nominated for Academy Award, and and we brought it. We were the only place in town to play it. So sometimes it's just kind of being tone deaf. You know, the booker maybe is tone deaf. Totally. But anyway, yeah. But the the story is uh, really with something like Blade Runner is it's just not available to us. You know, some some distributors, some studios have stopped honoring clearance because they recognize. One, there's this investigation going on. Yeah. And two, you know, why not put it on another screen? You right. Know, they just don't, it, they've let go of that practice. So Star Trek last summer was an example of that. We played Star Trek the night it opened at Carmike. We played it as well. Some of that stuff, though, even though we're all movie nerds and would love to see it, I mean, wouldn't you rather see Star Wars in, you know, rumble seat vision yeah, or whatever? Totally. You know, like immersed in Kinda, a except 400 for, foot screen. Or I, saw, I saw Blade Runner um, at the whatever it is called now the AMC yeah Carmine the thing. Um, yeah is it like, called the, what is it called it's AMC the now, um, now it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> the triple D um, it was so loud that it uh, it was shaking the screen uh, it was and vibrating it was, wow. and yeah, like wow. you could you could think like oh that's like that effect <laughs> oh no no it's not no wait that's the, just too loud the paint is flaking yeah, up this is like this is like the the pre the first preview scared the shit out of me yeah like when it, whatever action film it was world. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it hit and I was like oh it's so loud in here oh wow yeah it's too loud 
why is it too loud? And uh, the other thing that happened with Blade Runner, which, uh, sorry. Because <laughs> that dude who runs the projector was like, let's create this shit. I know, exactly. it's so Star ridiculous. Wars. He was listening to Green Day just before that. <laughs> uh, um, the other thing that happened that was weird was uh, I've seen the last two Star Wars and Blade Runner and a couple other opening nights where we go on Thursday. Yeah, and nobody's there. Nobody knows, nobody about, knows about Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> what is that? How that is, does nobody know about the Thursday it's funny, thing? isn't it? Because there used to be the midnight release. Yeah. Nobody really wanted to do that because that's really intense unless you're like really into it and you want to go see a movie from midnight to three in the morning. Have you ever done a midnight release? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the previous Star Wars. Yes. Wait, when you say previous, you mean the... The, the prequels. The first of the pre- oh one what? two and three yeah. oh the Jar Jar yeah, yeah. I saw it. whoa uh, and the I was Jar Jar era and I was well, I think I'm as bad at that I was, a, I, was I drove a, I drove two and a half hours to see it oh fuck yeah yeah so, uh, I was, so nobody knew come on I was you drive to see it I was in Fort Collins and I drove down to Denver to see it I think that's two and a half yeah. hours something like that yeah. and uh, I I okay wait next level you ready <laughs> I won the tickets yeah in a Trivial Pursuit tournament. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I beat Christ. out my friend's stepdad. <laughs> oh, this is like a private, uh, this is like wait, a private yeah, wait, contest. It's still a tournament. Did what somebody do you mean? Buy... It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like so, a radio contest. Oh, no, like that would have been Thanksgiving awesome. dinner after dinner? And yeah, somebody was, bought this prize? Yeah, basically, right? It's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Basically, yeah. No, 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 it was, uh, it was down there, my friend's graduation. Oh, come on, the whole story. And uh, and he's he's like, I got two tickets to go to, and it was the largest screen west of the Mississippi, apparently. Right. It was pretty exciting to go down to Denver. The original Triple D. Yes, exactly. It was beyond. It was like a quadruple D. It was a quapple D, actually. With the, <laughs> back in the days of quapple D. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but I won the thing and we drove down and we were like, yeah. And we rode back and we were just like, sad. why did that happen? So it's sad. sad. Uh, I'm George sad. Lucas. I, I, I decided to make these movies. Um the uh, the dead on. I was in. Uh, I know it's pretty good. Uh, Spot on. I was impersonation. I know, like, it's my only impersonation. <laughs> um, I was in high school and I did not. I was. Uh, I I did not. I wanted to separate myself from the nerds. I was not. I'm not. A, I'm not like one of those weirdos in a costume camping out. Because, like, because this was before being a nerd was sort of cool. I know. Now it's like yeah. it's hilarious to co- it's like cosplay. New job. No, and I, I sat on the sidewalk with all the all the people who are me, except for I was trying to separate myself. from yeah, them. Yeah. And was literally uh, that evening uh, some uh, some other uh, high schoolers had driven by and thrown eggs, yeah. done the whole thing, and and I was hiding behind someone's tent. Wearing a ski mask. <laughs> it was a different time where where you could get away with wearing, wearing a ski mask. Ski mask was like totally fine, and it was yeah. winter. It was it was horrible, but uh, uh, but ski mask and uh, not talking to anybody for eight hours. Wow. Wait, what are you doing? Wait. You're waiting in line. This for, is just creeping out for episode one. Oh, for Phantom really? Of the I think it was April. I'm going to say it was April, so it must have been cold. Where you it were. was pretty cold. Helena, it was pretty cold. Helena in April. Uh, but it was, uh, it was, uh, I was, I was, I was not wanting to be part of it, but I wanted to see it. Gotcha. And oh, I went, and I, I went, and I went the second. I went three days later to, see as I think everybody did, to find out was it really that bad? Is that <laughs> was it really that bad? Uh, it was really that bad. I, you know what? Hard. I have not yet gone back to see if it was that bad. Oh, I've I just watched believe what I saw. They're bad. I watched all of them in preparation because I'm not. I'm not like super in 
to this stuff. Yeah, uh, I just watched them several times in preparation. I'm, I, well, I wouldn't say I'm into it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I just dedicated three hours to it. But my, my Carly and I watched all six before Jeez. episode seven came yeah. out. You yeah. Know? yeah, not into it. Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> Man, I, I do mean, it once a month. Of, we talked about this recently. Most of them are not very good movies. None of them are really good movies. <laughs> I think uh, Empire Strikes Back is a pretty good film. Yeah. And New Hope is pretty good. But is fuck, that the OG? Yeah, right. That's yeah. the original one, but yeah. the fucking Return of the Jedi is dumb. Jedi no, it's really bad. And the characters are bad. Like The Luke scripts Skywalker are atrocious. Sucks. The only good script is is uh, Lawrence Kasdan's script for Empire, which is you okay. know, kind of the nice the back and forth, kind of a la Godfather, you know, over to one saga, right. the next saga. It's done really right. well. And the editing is so cool. How they, yeah, this, all the wipe. wipes. Oh, I the wipe. love that. That's so cool. No, I just rewatched uh, episode one the other day because uh, we picked up the Blu-rays. Wait, cheap. episode one is the... Phantom See, this Menace. is even the worst part about it. You it's know? hard It's like you can't about. even talk about this shit. No. No, the first one? No, no, no. The Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, episode, I rewatched episode one on Blu-ray and it didn't help it. Yeah, it, it made only, it even worse. Right? Yeah, so bad, so bad. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon, and and I feel bad. A tone deaf cartoon. You know, oh. you've got characters who are like vaguely Cajun. Is that yeah, what's going on? Yeah, it's so weird. The voices, the the stories, the stories fine. Yeah. That's I'm talking reason. about you and you and McGregor. Is oh. vaguely Cajun. Uh, yeah, like that's what I mean. He committed. <laughs> He's about the best that that movie has to offer. Yeah. And oh, then Liam Neeson yeah, <laughs> is my Liam. Like, like I mean, is it, Liam in that movie? He's the Fuck he's yeah, like Obi Wan's uh, oh, dad right, or whatever totally. that amounts to. You know? Jesus Christ, right. you fucking idiots! Orphan, orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Because we because it's Qui Gon Jinn. <laughs> Oh, and, man. And I'll have he, the Qui-Gon Jinn. He is. <laughs> no MSG. <laughs> Extra hot. Yeah. Uh, no, I, 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 still, I still indulge in it because it's the story... Because I don't like to read, mm. I could just read. But it's more. It has no. It, I don't. It's not the story because the story is like if you take creative writing one hundred and one. Oh yeah, it's bad. You learn about that hero <laughs> narrative. Like yeah, the, sure. The story is not. Oh, and they missed the mark on all that. It's anyway. the world, yeah, right? I mean, it's yeah. all the. It's the yeah. nerdum. It's the being totally. into it. Yeah, yeah. No, there's no real reason to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true not about the story. <laughs> but uh, I watch him. But uh, I just uh, read it for the articles. I will. It took me years. It took me years to acknowledge how bad it was. Yeah, like that was like that was. A, you it was a it solid decade later where you're like, I know it's bad. I'm sorry. And that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, with that said, so we would we would show Star Wars any week, any day, any week. In fact, the two years ago when the that new reboot was was released, the summer prior, uh, Disney who now owns all that. Announced, okay, we're gonna re-release them for independent theaters to play them, and you know, and so we got super excited. We booked the original trilogy um, for uh, weekend runs, like special, just Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, in July or August, I forget. And then we got a letter. <clears throat> Everybody got a letter that said, "Oh, actually, we're not gonna do that." What? Oh shit! <clears throat> exactly. There's certain policies. Uh, Disney has policies about not playing their uh, animated features in movie theaters. You can play it at a community center or in a park or oh, at a for library, yeah, for some- but you cannot play them in movie theaters. Oh, what? Hilarious. I know. It's really crazy. That seems self-defeating. And also. then there, there's lots of that, of their content. I mean, certainly for the kids programming we do and and, I, and obviously Star Wars, Marvel they own as well. And we can you can get Marvel 
It's super expensive. Disney owns Marvel. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Every fucking movie is going to be a Marvel movie in ten years. Yeah, I think so. I, well, think I saw the way they're mapping that out. It's right? crazy. Judy I mean, Dench insane. in a Marvel movie, you know. And they're all. I like, said oh, Marvel. Can't wait, I can't wait for Dame <laughs> Judy Dench in a Marvel movie. It's going to happen. Great. Man. I know. Well, she's got to work. She got to work. It's a job. Judy got to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a job. Disney called. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Disney's on the phone. Just tell them yes. <laughs> Um, uh, can you get Maggie Smith for us as well? <laughs> Let me call. Is Maggie Smith still alive? She is. I don't think she has a phone. Though. Just don't tell your wife. About it. <laughs> is that what? Is that how it works? Oh yeah, I get it. Is that? I get it. I get it. Is that the way it works? Um, the uh, <laughs> I have a question about the programming. One more question about the yeah, programming, sure. and then I want to ask you about you yourself. Okay. Um, but but you guys are you know you sort of you're the you're the arbiters of what people get to see at this theater, right? You're how do you, as you're, you guys are all for film people. Yes. Um, how do you strike a balance, which you totally do, but I want to know how you do it, between like saying you guys should see this movie yeah, yeah. and you guys want to see this movie. Right. Because it's really like artfully done. Like it, it's Thank really you. good when I'm taking the pee and I look at, at all the <laughs> movies just, that are playing. They're doing this I right. Think, damn, that's really good. Yeah. You know, that's not like obnoxious or pretentious seeming, but also like... I haven't heard a lot of these movies. Well, thank and I would you. Like to go see them. Yeah, thanks. That's, so um, the way it all works is in the beginning, it really was just me picking films, and I had been programming film festivals and another series back in St. Louis, Missouri, for uh, I done I did that one for like ten years at the point where I started the the Roxy stuff. <clears throat> um, but soon, like as I said, if, if we sort of grown, and it's like you can't do everything. Right. I wouldn't want to do everything because um, in some ways. Uh, those the pieces of our programming that are kind of really community oriented, they're all connected to uh, organizations or groups in the community. So if we're showing an LGBT program, like we did this thing called Out at the Roxy, which was a great success, it's totally connected to the gay community. Yeah, and the programming came from there. We had a series called Indigenous Cinema where we worked with um, some Native filmmakers to program. And you can't just make a series and say, here it is. Right. You know, we, made a, we made a series of films for women. What do you think, ladies? You know, I mean, you can't do that. Or here's our Irish movies. You know, please come check them out. Yeah. Uh, you know, Irish immigrants. Whatever. Um, you have to kind of have these relationships because that's where the audience is. And furthermore, um, they're the ones who are kind of the arbitrators of that. Like, that what, makes sense. What does your community want to see? And what's the buy-in for that? <clears throat> so, um, so that piece is outside of us, but <clears throat> organizationally, you know, it's basically these film nerds. It's Rizzo, it's Marshall, it's Adam Miller, it's Roos. Um, you know, we all sit down. Mike Emmons is working with us now. Um, we all sit down uh, about twice a month and uh, to to a, in a programming meeting. We actually have a full blown kind of programming meeting. Yeah, twice a month, but we meet every week for different things and it just migrates into that what's hot for the timing yeah uh, because we do produce this monthly calendar so what gets thrown out there we have regular series essential cinema what should we do for essential cinema and we think about what we just did of course uh and and that's it's got its own parameters that is basically a classic american film okay we've got another series called cinema abroad which clyde coffee sponsors every month and that's kind of classic international film and we started with some chestnuts with Truffaut and Kurosawa, and now we've kind of expanded into stuff that's a little bit more uh, more contemporary. I mean, we did Uncle Bombay, which is a Thai film last month, and we did uh, Etu Mama Tambien over the summer. You know, so 
not just wallowing in, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Godard and Truffaut and kind of the, you know, the war horses. But they're but but the idea is that they're classics of the genre. Every month we do a series, and it's uh, uh, Wednesday night or Thursday night, and it's ranged from great directors to uh, we did a series once called Murray Me, and it was just all Bill Murray movies. Um, my my favorite that we still haven't done yet is the Cusack Attack. That's what we're going to show. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, great. It still hasn't come up. Uh, Stallone Me, or Get Stalloned was a, I don't know what we did. Uh, so great. How next, many Cusack movies are you going to play? Uh, well, four. four Joan or, or John? Yeah, that's the question. <laughs> well, they're usually well, through, both there. That's, that's true, that's right? There's very what is that? I think the that? Joan thing might be better. <clears throat> it's contractual. I'd rather do the Joan. Yeah, what my is sister's the, in the picture. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Maybe it's the, the other way around. You no, know, it's the Gyllenhaal's follow the Cusack clause. It's precisely. I think my sister should be in this movie as well. My brother would be really good in this movie. <laughs> Have you talked to Jake? Uh, yeah, so that's that stuff is is really chosen by this sort of hive mind. Cool. Um, and and I think some of the other, so so you get you can get kind of tricky with that stuff. And we're, this month we're doing the Cronenberg series, which is just three films. He's got a lot more than that. Sure. But it's Halloween, and so we're like three gross uh, Cronenberg pictures. You know, his earlier stuff, which yeah. was much more kind of obsessed with anatomical surprises or whatever. He did, his deal he did was. the fly. He did the fly, which is I think plays tomorrow or next week, and he did. Uh, um, Videodrome, and the other one we're doing is uh, in this is Scanners, which we're oh, playing. Oh, whoa, yeah. Scanners! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I forgot about so, Scanners. The Fly is uh, that movie haunted me when I was little. Yeah, well, it's it's mostly uh, Gold, Jeff Goldblum's uh, hair. That's the most haunting <laughs> aspect. <of laughs> it's known to Beautiful. terrify. <laughs> so good. Yeah, so that's kind of how that comes together. That's I feel cool. like it's we've gotten to a point where it's much more organic. There might be something like my Cusack attack has been pushed away many times oh. in the same way that uh, Get Stalloned was. But we finally landed Get Stalloned, and you know, Rocky was a big turnout. One, what, that was what, it. What, 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 what Cusack movies do you want to do? Oh, you know, you'd have to do Better Off Dead. Oh, wow. Gross Point Blank. Yes. And High Fidelity. High Fidelity. You, the, we did well, High Fidelity. The theater, though, that seems like low-hanging fruit, maybe. For High Fidelity? Yeah, like, I don't know. Well, Those we, people have all seen it already. We kind of grab... So, it's it's amazing, though. I mean, how many people have seen uh, 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 Die Hard, and we do it as a Christmas movie, and we pack the house? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's... Or you show Blade Runner any day, and, and you get people. It doesn't really matter. I, I think it's that. about the experience and being there, big screen, community. Yeah, yeah. Having a beer with your friends. Probably seeing it in a theater for the first yeah. time also. So much. Yeah, especially movies That's that a big deal. if you hadn't seen it in the theater. Yeah. It's awesome. To go well, to we talked about that with the Seeger band, right? Like, even though we are just a, <laughs> a shadow of We're, what the song should a be like. shadow of Bob. A shadow, yeah. The shadow uh, of Bob. But I think it's people get stoked because they're hearing those songs <laughs> over like oh, a totally. big PA for the first time. And, and you're, it's a live it's experience. It's totally. Very, yeah, no, absolutely. I love, sense. actually, I love cover bands. It's, when it's done right, it's great. Yeah. Well, so wait, what's the Cusack movie where he's, he's, no. Where's the, where's the air traffic controller? I have no idea. There's a movie? No. Oh, uh, 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 pushing ten. Uh, 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 oh, yeah, Pushing, pushing ten. 10. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. With Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. That probably wouldn't make the list, but that's what would make the list. What are you talking about? <laughs> we well, remember, we t- we t- we tend to want people to come see the movies. What a badass he is! No, Billy no, Bob Thornton leans down on the on the right. runway, and the seven forty seven flies over, and he goes like flying, and that's like this badass <laughs> thing that he does. That was that that's was like all, his hobby. That's it's what like, that was no, it's like how he like d- 
you know, belittles his enemies as he shows them what a badass he is by laying down on the runway. Oh my god. That yeah. was on the... Plays chicken with the plane's yeah. landing, yeah. That basically. was also on the trailer. That was the big part of the trailer, was the two of them getting blown away by the engines. Wow. And I remember thinking, that's probably the most exciting part of that movie. I, you and, guys, I don't know why you're being so negative about this. I'm sorry. Film. I just, I, I sometimes just lean right to neg- negative. Classic, nice. classic for no reason. Exactly. No reason. And I kind of like that movie though. So here's the thing: like sometimes we we end up poaching movies. So David Lynch, for example, we couldn't do a Lynch series because we played Eraserhead, we played Blue Velvet, we yeah. played Wild at Heart. You know, it's like they've just played one off on like our. Sun- I think it was all played basically Saturday Cult Night or something. Yeah, it would be redundant. It's hard, to and Cusack is getting close to that because we showed High Fidelity. We did a big record swap, which we'll do it again in March. Yeah, rented the Senior Center and got a bunch of vendors over there. And that night we played uh, High Fidelity, yeah. which was super great to see on a big screen. Uh, and now it's, it would seem redundant to put, kind of put in a Cusack series. You know what's coming up next month, though? Well, this is great. And it's, <laughs> the great thing about it is how it's going to get promoted. Marshall Granger, who's our extraordinary uh, in-house designer. Uh, he's a VHS historian. He is. A, <laughs> have you read this thing, his Seinfeld piece? Uh, I read some of it. Yeah. Good. He's kind of like a brilliant dude, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We're tr- we just try every, but every week we try to slap him down. Good. So yeah, 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 yeah. So he doesn't realize. He's also, he's also a little shit, kind of. Oh, uh, a little shit. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. what I heard. I mean, that's just what I heard from a bunch of people. <laughs> oh, so working at the Roxy's like being in the Marines. <laughs> it is like being in the Marines. Oh. We haze him. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, wasn't Rizzo, <laughs> was Rizzo machine. in the Army? Or Rizzo the, was in the Army. Yeah. He's a vet. That's he was in the war. He was in, uh, in, uh, in Iraq, the yeah. first Iraq. Uh, bummer. Bummer. Sorry to take it to this, but uh, what I was going to say is... Oh, yeah. Next oh, yeah. month, Newman's Own film series. Oh, nice. Yeah. You have lemonade and cookies? Oh, yeah, and salad dressing. Yeah, bowls of salad so dressing. We're doing, so the, we're doing the top ones. So we're doing Cool Hand Luke. We'll have yes. eggs available at the concessions. Awesome. Camp. Yes. Um, what are we doing? The Hustler. Yeah. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yes. Uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Great. And you ready? Slapstick. Yeah. Of course. No, slap shot. Uh, <laughs> slap shot. Slap shot. Remember the one where he plays Charlie Chaplin? Yeah. <laughs> no one could do anything. Um, um, the what about the color of money? Does he not consider that? Well, the hustler kind is, of is covering kind of that. Covers it, yeah. yeah. And then you've got the cruise aspect in the. I mean, there is that Warren Zevon song in The Color of Money, so that would be a reason to play it. But and, we'll hold off and do uh, a Scorsese. It's in the way that you use oh, it. Oh, that's in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. Isn't there a Bonnie Raitt song? That's like the best, well. that's like the best uh, closing like, credit song <laughs> where the last line is delivered yeah. and hit that shit right oh, there. Man. Kelly and I were talking about closing credit songs, and you, you know those movies where it's like, why is this song in the credits? Oh, you know, it's so there for many. the Academy Award nomination yeah. or whatever. They just they squeeze it in there because is they... that what's happening? Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck. And there are movies that are like everything is dumb. Like uh, what was that? Chasing Ice, uh, great documentary about you know depleting glaciers and the man who's kind of chronicling them. Uh-huh. Oh, Chasing Ice. Yeah, I thought you said Chase You Nice. Chase You Nice. I have. A, you know Chase You Nice. <laughs> you guys go to the Chase You Nice. Well, you guys been out to Chase right. You Nice yet? It's Sorry, great. what movie? What song is in that? <laughs> it's at Burger Stand. Uh, I don't know the name of the song, but it's like this epic film with like extraordinary footage of calving glaciers, just mind blowing yeah. shit. And uh, and then the movie ends, and it's just like this stupid ballad, this like Celine Dion ballad. I think it is Celine Dion. Oh, no shit. And it got an Academy Award nomination, the only nomination the film got, deserving of so much more because it's just such a powerful film. 
And it's so obvious. So they made a, a sequel, not even really, but they made a movie called Chasing Coral about a sort of similar topic with um, with uh, climate change and uh, reefs. a scientist of the reefs, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I've forgotten how they ended the, the first film. It's the same Guess what? fucking song. Not the same song, but just... It's the same song. Just, just, just like, what the fuck is this? Not a, another great film, <sighs> a great documentary will probably end up you know on these top ten lists of the and maybe nominated. Weird. That's so bizarre. So weird. Do they do that? But the, the weird yeah. one to me is uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh yeah, what's that? Ends with like a serious uh, like love song. Yeah. During the credits, and it's the weirdest. And even when I was like in fourth grade, I was like, Why? Why is that song on there? <laughs> do you there? think that's because it's it's referencing the Rob the Kevin Costner and Robin Hood with that? Was that like Prince a Michael of Thieves Bolton song? Oh. Oh, maybe yeah, that. Well, because that you know that's like a ballad. The satire goes so deep. Well, because that song is weird. That. Because they, it's also like in the score. The melody is like in yeah. the score. Uh, like that song is in that fucking it, all over that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been. It might have been a reference to that. It might even be just a reference to that horrible. Like, why is this song here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, why is that there? Yeah, but or they were just. Threw it out there for Oscar bait. Whoa, whatever. Is Dave Chappelle what? in Robin Hood? Men's yes, he is. Whoa. Is he? He's, he's, yeah. He is a chew. He's... Gazette. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the... Uh, that's uh, He is pretty fantastic in that... Uh, that that's a thing, great movie. That movie. Wait, who plays, the, who plays the sheriff or whatever? That's a guy, too. Well, I, 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 the king is uh, Richard... Uh, Lewis. Richard Lewis. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> oh sheriff. God. I can't remember that guy's remember name. Oh, fuck. And is it Alan Rickman? No. No, Rickman's in... Uh, no, he's in Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves, yeah. yeah. Prince of Thieves. Oh, so maybe... God, he's so what an think. He's awesome so mistake. He's so to gross. Have, to that. make that movie is an awesome To make mistake? that mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, uh, that was pretty bad. But Rickman, though. But oh, Rickman's, Rickman's great. great. Yeah. I actually... I like that movie. Prince of Thieves? Yeah. And I like the... The ballad in the is score. It, isn't it true? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. Because every time I go, oh. yeah, I think oh, it's happening. true. I read this. Uh, this the arrow splitting in that in Prince of Thieves was only in the trailer, and then oh, they were like, shit, shit no we got to put it in the movie because it was like the be- you know the best part of the trailer or the thing that everyone was talking about because it's like a it's like a POV of an arrow right, flying right. into another arrow. And yeah, I can it. picture it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they had to like find a way to get that into the movie. Because they probably shot that completely unrelated to shooting them. Right, <laughs> the or movie, just, right? it's all like, CGI. It's, yeah, right? totally. And then that arrow's like, well, we got Bob working on this. I think it'll be ready for the That's trailer. funny. Funny, yeah. We spent a million dollars on this <laughs> exactly. shot. Good. So... <laughs> Uh, it's really and bad. Everybody liked it. I, it's the uh, accents, the uh, it's the or lack of accents mm. in uh, the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves that yeah. makes that movie really it's, weird. Oh, it yeah, makes it weird. It makes it weird. Uh, it's, people want sound like have a, British accents. They sound like they're well, from they, Milwaukee. Or, most of them. or get somebody else. They've been in Don't the Crusades, get, man. It's, Kevin they've Costner. had a multicultural experience for the last fifteen years. Their accents are gone. That's the point. Sure. You guys are missing the whole point. Yeah. Oh, okay. Back and watch that uh, again. Okay, wait. Okay, where are you from? I'm from St. Louis. You're from St. Louis? Yes, sir. And you worked in a theater there. How'd you get into this whole thing? Um, so I, I grew up in St. Louis. Uh, my dad owned a record store when I was a kid, and he was obsessed with movies and had a movie theater in the basement. No kidding. And of the record store? Of your no, house? no, of our house, sorry. Cool. 16 millimeter film, that's what he showed. Um, we didn't have a VCR for years. That's I mean, awesome. we, I remember we, I heard about it, I was like, Dad, because he you know, liked movies so much, and he's like, nah, I don't want one of those. 
Awesome. Know? And finally, I was actually the first one in the family to get the VCR. It was like a you know birthday present that I insisted on. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we would uh, when I was when I was little, we would watch movies in the basement. You could you could uh, borrow sixteen millimeter prints from the library. He collected them himself and had a you know had features and cartoons and a lot of Warner Brothers cartoons, Looney Tunes. Um, we'd have the big Halloween party was always at my place. All the kids in the neighborhood. That's awesome. My memory is of like 25, 30 kids, just 10-year-olds, just filled in the basement. And one year, actually, so my, my dad would always show these horror films. One year he showed um, King Kong, the original King Kong. And we were all just like, we were nine years old. We were like, you know, it, like right. rooting it. for King Kong, you yeah. know, to get Fay Ray. And the next year he showed um, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. And same thing. We're just like, you know, get <laughs> Don Adams. <laughs> 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 And then it, I guess he talked to his friend. Um, he since told me the story. He talked to his friend Bill, who is another film collector, and he's like, "I want, uh, you know, these, I want these guys to be these kids to be scared, like I was, you know, something that would really oh, no. mess with them. Um, I, they're just having a good time. They're just all yelling and screaming at the movie, th- you know, at the screen. And so he he <clears throat> he borrowed a print of Night of the Living Dead from his oh. friend Bill. And my friends and I were just like, not, we were not. Cheering, we were not happy. <laughs> it was like zombies Mission eating bark, slowest like, zombies ever. But I think I do remember being terrified by that uh-huh. scene. You know that really, that first scene. I mean, the stuff where they attack the house. I don't even know if I made it that far. But when they're first revealed, sort of, you know, languidly roaming through the field, eating cockroaches and flesh, you know, chicken skin or whatever was going on there. <laughs> Uh, terrifying. Brains. Terrifying. Yeah, it but is it was terrifying. this. But I can, I can really, I've, I've sensed sort of like, oh, of course, that's why I do what I do. It's like that experience in my dad's basement with whether it was those big events or just like regular, uh, sanct, like sanctuary of the theater kind right. of experience, and it's right there in your own home. Before that was even really a thing. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I got into it. I, and I went to film school. And my um, uh, interest was in mainly in narrative filmmaking, and I started making those made a ton of student films and and made a feature when i graduated in 1996 and uh, i was like this is a lot of work you know making film, yeah <laughs> making narrative films a lot of work and so then i found my way into documentary making which is you know arguably just as much work if not more in some ways but there was the sort of critical mass of creativity at this uh, getting everybody together to do something you know like let's put on the costumes and the makeup and the lights and make a little that was the, the lack of that made it somehow more doable. You could make a film over a period of two years. You go back and shoot a scene. Or go, You're talking yeah. about documentary versus... Versus, not, versus narrative, yeah. Yeah, exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, so I was really drawn to that. And it was also just more doable. And you could pull money together over a period of time as opposed to like, I need to get $15,000 this week so I can make a movie. I imagine that that is on the creative process a real drag. The, the whole money? money thing. Oh, it sucks. I mean, it's like it's a whole worst. different job. I mean, that's why I guess they're producers and the world but yeah it, it's like a whole different fucking thing yeah you, i mean something happened in a uh in that time that i started making documentaries and technology made it that much easier for people to just do it you know like sure you can actually make a movie on your phone i mean it's not yeah. gonna be the greatest looking movie but there's plenty you of accessories it. you can get to make it look a little better right but no like like black magic and the phones that are or the cameras that are now really high-end and look just great and are re- relatively inexpensive 
So I didn't do uh, narrative film for about 20 years. And two years ago, I decided to shoot a film. And it kind of blew my mind how much easier it was. Why, why is that? The lighting was right there. The cameras were so much more sensitive. They, you didn't really need to light in the way you did. I was shooting film when I was you know, in, right. in the 90s. Right, now it's digital. And, uh, I mean, I, and I wasn't really keeping up with how great things looked you know yeah um i mean i did see him i was programming films for festivals and for the series you mean you've never watched every featurette on a robert rodriguez film where he explains (laughs) how digital is so much better (laughs) every featurette on his film explains no 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 digital is the way to do it now i didn't have to sell my blood this time it's pretty good (laughs) (laughs) no kidney was lost yes i don't want to talk about the organs that i put in del mariachi and I guess it really wasn't that good, was it? <laughs> it's vaguely Mexican. I'm sorry. That was maybe a accent. I, just, I was just trying to be a ruminating filmmaker. Yeah. Yep. No, but that was my my personal discovery, right? Like, and this oh, hey, this shit's Lester Leaps in. Correct. Yeah. So awesome. we did this short that we, uh, you know, it was a week of production, not even like five days. Um, shot mostly in Missoula, but we were also down in uh, Anaconda, and we were up in Sealy, and. Um, uh, Arlie, um, and I'd wanted to shoot a narrative film for a long time, and uh, just was hadn't really kind of found an idea. And um, my friend Jerry was working on a film. My daughter is a is an actress as well. She likes I don't say as well. She and I are both actresses. Uh, she's in a film, and she was working on this horror movie that uh, Jerry put her in. And uh, and I went to go drop. Ella, my daughter, off on the set, and Jerry was like, "You should totally make a movie, Mike." Jerry talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and I, it, it was funny because, of course, I've been involved in film in one way or another for the last twenty-five years. Yeah. And, but I hadn't really thought. I was like, "Oh yeah, I should really." And then I took this Potomac. I dropped the kid off out there for this horror film. I drove back and I was like, if I made a film, what would it be? I don't have any ideas. Like I just after that feature film and the kind of disappointment of all of the money and time and everything yeah. and then then you're like, okay, I spent $25,000. What am I supposed to do with this movie? After all of that, I just stopped thinking about narrative film ideas. I had many more ideas about documentary and uh, more kind of maybe vaguely experimental stuff, but mostly just documentary ideas. Yeah. And so I drove home and I was like, oh, I had that novel I was trying to write 20 years ago. <laughs> I was like, was it? Oh, there was that guy who was, he was the manager and there was the video uh, shoot coming to his factory. And he, you know, and so I went back and looked at it. And as it turns out, it wasn't a guy, it was a woman in the script. <laughs> but I wanted to work with Jeff Medley. So I was like, oh, no, it's going to be a guy and he's going to be a manager at uh, a lumber mill, you know, just yeah, thinking yeah. what's out here, what would sure. be fun to do. And it really just kind of came together from this. It was a, it was just a strand in uh, in in a in a novel that will never happen. But you know, it was the most interesting part. Yeah. Well, so but it did sort of happen. The novel. The did novel sort of did happen. exactly. It's and, gone. You don't and, have to fucking write that novel. Thank now, God. And there's awesome. one other thing I cannibalized <laughs> from it. There's another character who I'm going to make a film in December. We're shooting um, a short film with this character who's a dj my dad was a dj when i was a kid and that's it's basically how my parents met my mom called the radio station and said uh uh requested a song and my dad was like well why don't you come down to the station like dad 
Never. <laughs> Never. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty Bold. next level. Bullshit. So then there was me. Yeah. A few years later. Nine uh, months later. Not that after, night. After yeah. that night. <laughs> Literally not. No, my sister. She's older than me. Come on. Uh, yeah, so that, that premise is part of this. was in the novel somewhere by the DJ. And so I revived that. As well. Awesome. Like, what else was in that fucking novel? I could go back and dig out. Yeah. You know? Hell yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's like you wrote it for a reason. I guess so, right? Yes, I think yeah. that's. And awesome. I'm not a I'm not a fiction writer, so I don't even know. Writing fiction is fucking hard. It's writing a story. God damn it, it's hard. hard. Work, yeah. Oof. I don't. I don't read. God. I, I went. You <laughs> it's know, not true. It's interesting <laughs> in terms of I've seen you read things. Yeah, you talk about traffic reading. signs. Like, oh, sure. I do. Okay. The items in the grocery store. I've seen you read stuff. Audible.com has ruined reading for me. Is that where they read to you? Yes. Audible.com ruined listening to books for me. Yeah, sure. That too. Fuck. Isn't yeah. that the same thing? I, yeah, well, I signed up for the the free thing, <laughs> and, you've been and I never for figured it. out how to use it. I suck at this stuff. <laughs> but I was like, I, it was the free one month thing, not yeah. knowing that that turns in unless you cancel it. And you can never stop it. And I, well, I for, I kept forgetting <laughs> sure, about it. Yeah, you know. And then I'm talking like three years. Wow. Probably like, probably like nine hundred dollars. Well, actually. and what happens? Wow. What happens? It's hard Isn't it to terrible cancel? when you think about it? That? That's fucking. Like that's I've been shit. paying a thousand dollars for a video that I've never watched. Like, like a thousand dollars right now would be great. I'd like it. Great. I think I've been paying my Vimeo account for five years, and I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't want them to delete the movies that are up there. Yeah. Is that where people can see your movies? Um. Yes, actually. Well, um, soon Lester Leaps In will be just out there for anybody. We're going to play a couple more festivals. We're going to um, the St. Louis Film Festival, Hometown Fest for me, so it'll be fun. Cool. There's actually other people. My ex-wife who's in the movies from St. Louis. Jeff Medley's from Mexico, Missouri, which is uh, down the road. Of from course Missouri. he's from Mexico, Missouri. Precisely, right? Did yeah. he make that up? Is that a real place? It's totally amazing. God damn. I and still don't think he exists. I love him. You've never met him, have you? No, I hate... I, I, <laughs> oh, that was, that, was, that was so funny. That was a slip. I hate Jeff Medley. <laughs> no, but I, I thought... I don't think he exists. I thought uh, maybe 10 years ago... I thought that Jeff Medley had invented Jack Jack Metcalf. Metcalf. Me too. I literally didn't think Jack Metcalf existed. Yeah, we did such a great job with. (laughs) Well, they did that thing, and didn't he call himself so weird? Yeah, something else. Well, and Jeff had the character that he would play that apparently maybe those two created. Yeah. And but then, remember when he did the Mr. Rogers thing yeah. and the artwork? I was like, "Is that did Medley just do the artwork yeah. and come up with this?" I thought like, "Oh, Medley, he's talented. Yeah, he probably did that." Me too. And so Jeff it turns Lincoln out doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, it turns out it's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of them exist. Neither of them exist. I don't know. All Joy French. Who are you talking about? Yeah, they're all just Joy. <laughs> Jeff Metcalf. Yeah. No, that's funny. I had the same thought, and I yeah. confronted him on it at one point. Confronted him. In a dark alley. And I, <laughs> with a knife. I, I fucking asked Jeff Medley about it a long time ago, and he sat there and played into it. Oh, wow. He's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you never know. You might not ever see him. <laughs> I was like, fuck. So this the guy doesn't exist. The mystique this of Jack This guy doesn't Metcalf. exist. And so when, he, when, when Jack ran for office, when he yes. ran for Justice of the Peace, uh, I had a moment where I was like, I, I know I've met him, but is this Medley? <laughs> is, he, is he bored? Is Jeff Medley bored? And then, then I figured it all out. So it was all okay. You actually thought it was him, like in a co- like a costume, no. I thought like, like is this is this a thing they're doing? Yeah, is yeah. this a little thing oh, that's he- happening? And does this person still not exist? God damn it! Because I thought at one point at a party, I thought at a, at this party I was at, I thought that Medley had set somebody up 
to, to be talk this to me guy. as yes. Metcalf. Funny, you know the thing about I still kind of think about with Jack. Jack is so cool looking. You know, he's, he's such awesome. a unique looking person. He's very handsome. He's very yeah. be- he's beautiful. We'll that he that. almost seems beautiful. like he almost seems like he's a made up. Yeah, he's, he's a character. It's a little it's a irritating. Little, like, yeah. thank God he didn't get elected. Jesus, <laughs> 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 no. I mean, he's just he's you know, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's handsome. He's talented. He has great ideas. And then he's powerful. And he's like good at. Sports, I think, like he rides bikes and probably, shit. Yeah, probably, yeah. You know, fuck. Can hacky sack he doesn't, he doesn't need to run for public office. <laughs> no, but so. seriously, if he had that power yeah. on top of that, oh, he'd be power. I know. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Oh, we need to, yeah, we need to stop him, down him a little. Yeah. <laughs> just stop him. Yeah. Even Marshall Granger, man. He's been out of control. <laughs> he would be like his sec- vice secretary yeah, to the Justice Dick Cheney. Oh, God. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Great. I could see Granger shooting somebody in the face with a shotgun. <laughs> Um, um, okay, but wait. So you so so uh, so people can see your uh, other movies on Vimeo now, though. You know what I've what I've done so poorly is up as as is keep that stuff up there. So what I wanted, what I really want to do, and maybe I'll find the time in the next month since I'm putting this out there, yeah. is have the documentaries up there because I've got five documentary films that belong. Oh no! Kidding. So yeah. what what topics did you cover in those? Well, um, one's about Jack Metcalf, the real. No, I'm kidding. Um, one is <laughs> that's an idea. That's a good idea, huh? That's a good a idea. Film about the real Jack Macon. You know, someone made a nice little film about Jack. I think it was Michael Workman a few yeah. years ago. And was it was it for the, and it was the it was part of that uh, it was a either challenge doc challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was really good. Yeah, it was great. That's how I found out he really exists. Nice. Yeah. So I can't so it's been done. Um, no, the films are there's a film called Stan Can the Happiest Man in the World and it's about a theater organist uh, from the Fox Theater which is this grand movie palace in St. Louis. Um, similar to actually sister theater to the Fox in Detroit looks a lot like say the Castro or something just gorgeous you know movie palace from yeah. the 20s and Stan collects vacuum cleaners awesome he's got over 300 vacuum cleaners um, awesome. he was a regular on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson cool and he he started as this it started in the 60s he just showed up once with his vacuum cleaners Phyllis Diller was a good friend of Stan's and got got him onto the Tonight Show and he had these antique vacuum cleaners and and in that kind of same way that stupid human tricks and you know stupid pet tricks all worked out for Letterman. Carson used to do these things where bring bring on just regular folks and their weird life stuff. Yeah. And then Stan, all of his vacuum cleaners fell apart on the air, and he just had this got a great sense of humor of going with it and became a regular, known as Stan Can, the guru of gadgets. So he'd bring in some like household oh. time saving device or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then of course it would always not work. Yeah. Was the was the thing, and there was a lot of sabotage by the stagehands to make sure it didn't work. Awesome. <laughs> so Stan, wonderful. He's a great. He, he passed away a few years ago, but he was a icon of St. Louis because of his theater organs and um, playing at the Fox. Just a little bitty guy at a giant uh, Wurlitzer console. It was great. So that that film uh, was from the early two thousands, and then I did a film about. Uh, the film about the meaning of life, where we talk to a taxidermist and a uh, a cellist, and a, it's it's funny. It's really weird. This guy specializes in squirrels. The taxidermist, awesome. what? another Missouri guy. Yeah, who is it? The type does... that dresses them up and puts them in yep. dioramas. Oh, they like funny. exactly. Yeah, awesome. dancing with Barbie dolls. Oh. He's got a baseball one. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Great. So that's in there. <laughs> uh, there's a film about my dad that's called How It Is with Fooey, and it's about record collecting and. His movie obsession and very personal film. Yeah, um, it's about hour long, and 
also just about fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a film. Oh, there's this film called um, Old Dog, New Trick about uh, a guy named Steve Scorfina. Steve was almost famous like five times. He was the guitarist in Ario Speedwagon. And then the band kicked him out and then they got signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a prog rock band called Pavlo's Dog, which is this kind of horrendous. <laughs> I can't listen. It, it's They've got this like falsetto vocal on top of like heavy prog. It's it's pretty groovy. They're huge in uh, in uh, Australia. They're oh. like a big, you know, big deal among the, you know, Nectar and uh, Hawkwind Fans, so uh, he also was in Chuck Berry's band and and uh, played with Michael McDonald again. Everybody Whoa. right before, I mean, Chuck Berry was something obviously before Scorfina played with him, but he didn't sort of take off there every time. So, um, and then he's trying to make a new life in this film of, as a blues guy. Fascinating dude and uh, pretty tragic actually. He's sort of like a sweet tragic version of this of Stan Can. Also totally goofy and ridiculous things happen to him all the time yeah so those are kind of the stuff it's always kind of i'm always interested in people and um uh you know sort of fringe in some sense you know like outside of kind of uh what's acceptable or what's normal in our society that's my been my interest is uh is your dad still around he is yeah i'll be seeing him next month tonight i'm going down to st louis to the festival festival. he must be pretty stoked about (laughs) the the path you've taken right it's gotta be weird you know i mean i i have two daughters uh they're 10 and they're 11 and 16 and you know the 11 year old is a little more like me in some ways actually looks like a weird version of me if i was a little girl yeah how uh, cuter than that what that might end up now that i think about it but um (laughs) (laughs) save i save hope she never hears that (laughs) no but i see her i I see her interest like right in line with oh really is she the actress she's she's more of a filmmaker actually no kidding she makes movies all the time and she's you know i always wanted to be a comedian when i was a kid and this kid is super funny and awesome goofy and um, so yeah, I'm guessing that's, it's got to feel similar for my dad. Like, you know, he, he, you know, baptized me and all of this stuff. Yeah. And then there you go. That's what I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Uh, my favorite, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> my favorite Mike Steinberg thing before we go is, um, you have got me into doing, uh, uh many different live scores. Yes. At the, at the. Which Roxy. we need to talk about here pretty soon. No, no, oh, no. let's do it right now. Let's no, 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 I'm not talking about it. No, 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 no off, off the record. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get, some, get some commitment. So, 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 it's a secret. Secret. No advertisement. No promotion. No. The, that's the way to really... <laughs> the thing that... Uh, movie theater. The thing... I don't remember how it happened. We were talking about how much I love Twilight Zone, I yes. think, at some point. And uh, you asked me if I wanted to host a Twilight Zone evening. Yes. And I... Did not miss a beat. Well, I was, I was instantly like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to introduce each film or each uh, short. Yes. And then I'm going to follow it up with a little closing statement. And then I'm going to introduce <laughs> the next one. We're going to do three episodes. People showed up to these Monday nights to watch three episodes of that I chose. And I think originally the idea was just curate it. You yeah. pick the three. Yeah. 
Oh, I talked for ten minutes before each episode. <laughs> I I went I laid into the facts, went into the whole thing, and the whole thing is staring at uh, twenty five people in the Roxy Theater yeah. who are who are thinking, who Oh, I just guy? wanna watch I just wanna watch Twilight Tiger's grandson. <laughs> Travis Wait, Serling, Rod Steiger. Serling. Rod, Rod, Ster- Rod no, Serling. Actually I think it's Rod Steiger's <laughs> grandson i and, don't know what uh, he's doing here best experience ever because i don't Sorry. i don't really want to get up and teach but yeah. i taught the shit out yeah. of some twilight people just zone. like preach that twilight zone <laughs> there's somebody there's always at least one person that would go like <laughs> cool <laughs> okay yeah show the burgess it's, meredith one. Oh no i spent i spent i spent a, i spent 10 minutes talking about the clothing of one episode so great. look at those wool pants come on everybody <laughs> look at those it was amazing. That is a thing that you do. And I'll go do. back to that. You can't help that. Like, even when if we have a gig, like, remember at the Murray the other night? And I was a little tired and cranky. Mm-hmm. And Travis, like, when we're wrapping up and yeah. you know, the jukebox is playing or whatever, Travis has to fucking tell you about every goddamn song that yeah. comes on. Uh, and is that histrionics? Probably. That's yeah. my thing. Yeah. Like, so, so that's. So, that's Mike, why Mike. That's why I ran into Mike at Costco the other day, and it took twenty five minutes. It's, it really did. He was telling you about no, because we were because I did like, the exact same. No, thing. No, we were fighting oh, each other to you discuss guys, history. What's up with that? Well, <laughs> I love it. It's a little annoying. It's yeah. very annoying, but I love those kind of people. Those oh, are my yeah. favorite people. Thank you. I think about my friend, my friend Tim Liddy. He's an artist in St. Louis. Tim could talk for thirty minutes about this particular piece of uh, of uh, pork belly that we're eating. You know, and just like tell you the. Uh, I guess there's not much history to tell, come to think of it. But <laughs> This pig um, was alive for six months. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, they slaughtered it. No, no, but this kind of fascina- this fascination with life is what it comes down to. Yeah. And even if it does seem like trivial to go on and on about the wool pants or to, you know, yeah. um, to me, that's that's what life is for, is to totally indulging in and like enjoying, you know? Yeah. And that's what I. That's what you do. That's, no, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. my favorite thing about you is that you just do that. No, and, I love. I, Wikipedia has always been a reading material for me. Speaking oh, you of, do I do read. actually read. See, that's the thing, though, for me. <laughs> Cliff notes. Yeah, <laughs> is, it feels like that a little bit. I, you know, jack of all it, trades. Sucks. This guy. Yeah, but whatever. All it's right, okay cool. to know a little something about everything. Oh, I, I'm, oh of I'm, course I it is. I know a little bit. Do you know that song? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I but I love the Trivial Pursuit knowledge. Like, I know enough to be dangerous. Enough to win tickets to Star Wars. <laughs> oh, you guys would both be good at this. Carly just found this, this board game in our garage, <laughs> and it's bit. the Baby Boomers version of Trivial oh, Pursuit. gross. Fuck. Yuck. It's hard. I bet. It's real hard. So who yeah. shot JR? But also, all of the questions uh, are Sue about Ellen. movies. <laughs> Put another piece. Put another pie in that little thing. Pie me. Here's a question. (laughs) So you like you like the what you guys are referring to as histrionics. I don't even know what the hell that is. I'm not sure. I thought that was. uh, Is that what that is? I think that's what that is. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a a wiki. That shit. That's a that's a twenty (laughs) dollar (laughs) word. Wiki history. What happens when you wiki histrionics? It shuts the whole site down. Oh, it just starts in a loop. It goes in an infinite loop. It can't Uh, do it. I can't explain it, Mike. It's what you're doing right now. It's a mirror. Your your, your computer turns into a mirror. It's two mirrors where it starts reflecting back and forth. Okay, sorry. The back of my hair looks great. Oh, you two are like... I know, it's really intense. Well, and and the pot of of coffee happened. If you listen to this episode, the pot of coffee happened during this. But it's really loud right now. Way um, people are like, "How do I turn this iPod down?" <laughs> Starting to sweat a little bit. Um, 
Is it different now though? Like that info, right? Is is now available to everybody. Yeah, right. You so know, anybody can be. So a you star. have a bunch of weird little insomniacs staying up all night reading Wikipedia. You guys are. You're, how old are you guys? You guys are thirty somewhere. 35. So I'm forty. I'll be forty six on Christmas Day. When I was uh, in Christmas Col- Day, yeah, nice, That's nice. It's a J- Jewish Christmas thing. Like it's that. what we do. Um, <laughs> we just get born on the, the oh, holidays. The oh, Christian Jesus holidays. was born That's on Christmas. Really so was my son. Yeah. Yeah. And Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> uh, so, so we used to call the reference desk at the library. Yeah, to get oh, things cool answered all the time. <laughs> I mean, awesome. so many times oh, a week, just called, and you know, you'd just have it on speed dial or whatever. You know, yeah. we had speed dial back then. Before Fuck the yeah. Um, and just ask whatever random questions. Who directed Casablanca? Because yeah. you were stumped and you weren't near the book that could answer it for yeah. you. I miss that. I miss that kind of like person to person. But now, you know, when you're you're sitting there and you're like, okay, what was the name of that? What was the, you know, who played guitar right. on that record or whatever? And you're just like, damn, what was it called? And you're just sitting there thinking and thinking and thinking. You don't let yourself go more than... Five minutes. No, no you've right? stopped me multiple times. Don't look at your phone yet. Don't look at your phone yet. Yeah, right. Just because it's a little Google more fun your own in a way. Yeah. But, and I have this, uh, you know, these kind of s- slightly mnemonic tricks of going through the alphabet and just seeing if I land or whatever. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I I miss it. I do miss it. It seems like I'm, I I I feel like the thing now too is with the phone is sometimes I feel like I'm done. Uh, remembering, like remembering new information, like you're full. Mean, yeah, and meaning that because I can take out a phone, or usually it's someone else can take out a phone and just tell me what it is, and that's always basically always available. There's no fucking point in remembering. Do you know any phone numbers? No, I, I know most phone numbers. Oh, actually. do you? Are you good yeah. at that? Yeah, none. Uh, but I, it's usually because I'm too lazy to say. I have a new phone like every three months, and I'm usually too lazy to save. All the contacts again. Oh, you weird. Know? Yeah. So I just no, Bridget. We just turned seven, and uh, I don't know her phone number. We just turned seven. Yeah. <laughs> the only phone numbers I know are phone numbers that don't exist anymore. Five two four zero two two zero is my first phone number that I ever had. Hmm. Isn't it funny how they have nine nine three three eight two nine? That was my second phone number. Yeah. And the other ones I could go down the line that don't exist. Five nine one five zero seven six doesn't exist. Just pause, rewind, write it down. <laughs> Call these Call people. Call it. Call the shit out of these Prank people. Prank these people tonight. <laughs> Wait, no. what do you want Travis to live score? Let's talk about this shit. Well, I we I realize it's been a while since we've done silent yeah. films, and we've been doing kind of a. Well, it's been regular. a while because uh, I just I did Metropolis, and it's so good, and it's nineteen hours long. So good, and it was really intense. So good. So I, I say we no. in the general Roxy sense, but it's been since Metropolis, yeah, as was, it turns out. Yeah. I mean, we've done uh, Chaplin films at uh, Christmas mm-hmm. for uh, the past few years, which has been fun. Um, but uh, yeah, we were on a pretty regular clip there, um, Nosferatu, and. Mm-hmm. Did some Buster Keaton and uh, you know I really liked that Korean that was monster best. movie that you did that, that was, was the so best. fun uh, uh, Young Gary yeah Young Gary which wasn't was so even good. a um, silent film but we you know he rescored just it, it was cut so it. fun just how cut do you the do audio. it Travis how do, what's your process for that well what is a Travis <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it's a horrible interview um, uh, no uh, most of the time I write it. Who's the real I sit, I sit you down write and it down. I write a score. Uh, but uh, you write cues, or do you write the whole thing? I, I like uh, uh, Young Gary. I wrote the whole thing. Uh, but Metropolis, I went in cold and improv the f- three and a half hours. 
which was a little intense. I remember it, that you were, but that because it was so long, you were a little. Yeah, you were a little. I wrote a bunch of long. shit for it, and then said, and I panicked when I was writing, and said, I don't like any of this. I don't like any of this, and uh, went in and the night before decided to scrap everything. Wow, that's the way to do it. That is the way to do and it, and that's the way I'm going to do the next one. I like the improv live score. So you, um, so you just, but I, but you after get that dry run with stuff, yeah, that I watch you just it. End up not liking. And then you go back and just play it and enjoy it as you're doing it. Yeah, and that was more fun. Mike's like, you practice, you right? Pra- like, you watch the <laughs> fucking movie, right? you, you ever... <laughs> well, I'm just curious how it would come to... I mean, it was extraordinary, so whatever you did, do that yeah, again. No, I, I, I enjoyed the improv of that one, but normally, yeah, I, like, I prefer to write a lot more because it just makes the... It's got to be better for everybody. The The improv one was a little intense, and, I, and that was a... Maybe a bad place to start. Like, I'm going to go in and do seven themes yeah. over three and a half hours, which yeah. I didn't really want to do, but it ended up being great. I enjoyed it. We collaborated it. on that, on the, um, the, the River and the Plow. The River and the Plow. Those were really fun. Those are really great. And that was the first, that was the first and only time that when Sporman and I were doing it together, mm-hmm. uh, that we had narration. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah. So it these, Claire Lorenz did these two films in the 30s. They weren't silent films necessarily. They were kind of shot like silence, just the footage, and then they laid over these uh, these voice tracks and and musical score. Um, and they're basically documentaries, sort of an early incarnation of a documentary. It's the Plow That Broke the Plains is about kind of the Dust Bowl and how that happened. And then there's another film called The River, which was about these um, devastating floods in the Midwest and uh, in the South. And then uh, kind of propaganda to damn them, to damn them, yeah, yeah to damn oh, them. No the kidding. Tennessee no. uh, Valley Authority to damn those regions, which is you know uh, fictionalized nicely in um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Oh, right? to I the was, end of that, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that stuff is what it, this is the making of this stuff. So um, what we what I did is I got a um, transcription of because they're very poetic in, in a lot of ways, like particularly Plow is very poetic and it feels. The river feels kind of like Whitman-esque um, poetry, so we pulled the the lyrics out, or the you know the words out and just get it transcribed and um, and then yeah John and Travis uh, made score for the for these things and then we, I did a live reading. It, it was, was super fun. No, that was really that's good. really cool. It was really good because those they're really good. Looking back, like uh, they were pain, a little painful to get to. Oh right? yeah, like looking <laughs> looking back. It's it's funny that it is propaganda is a great word for that because that's all it was was like yeah. no we should damn these rivers we should damn, yeah this is why because they sh- they'll show like a they'll show a dam being completed and then it cuts to like a light bulb being turned on type of shit exactly and, uh, there's so it, many like uh, yeah this like it, well it it comes right out of the Russian propaganda yeah, yeah totally. Eisenstein's approach oh, to it. So there's this stuff in the film that's like it first shows you how industry works and had cotton and you know mm-hmm. how uh, the war effort was, uh, you know, was was uh, met by industry in the South, yeah. and then the devastation of the flood. So now we must manage the, the land so that we can yeah. grow. exactly rivers and nature. <laughs> but the reality, but they do touch on the truth, which is that all this deforestation up north is what brought this, you know, all these floods down in, oh, in okay. ways that were more. Yes, yeah, so it, was, it wasn't completely um, uh, trying to uh, whitewash or, or make innocent the. You know, industry and its approach, but yeah. it's much more. The notion was like, let's manage this properly. Let's put in these dams so we don't have these floods. But 
because we already took all the trees out, so what are we going to do about that? You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, it had a kind of intelligence behind it, but it was certainly not... <laughs> Downer. Not, you know, at, like up with modern policy, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Well, it's is, just yeah. as bad. It probably yeah. is worse. I mean, it's probably... I mean, you it's can, probably worse. Yeah, yeah, you can show it now. And, and people it, are like, that's a good idea. So wow. quaint. Oh, we're going so to war. Look at those rivers of logs. <laughs> that We should do that again. Uh, all right. This okay. has been great. This has been wonderful. This has been you guys, so every morning you're just here talking whether anybody else is here <laughs> or not. Huh? Yeah, we <laughs> seven days here. a week. Hey, Jamie. No, how many days? Here. How many days you do your show? We do it only on Tuesdays. Really? There's dates up here for every other day. But we release two a week. Gotcha. We release yeah, two yeah, a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, don't don't show how the sausage. I'm yeah, sorry. Show this the sausage is made. <laughs> you're not supposed to fucking look at that. <laughs> no, the whiteboard. Oh, don't talk about the so whiteboard. So and so is coming. I know. Look at that. Yeah, look at Wilco mm. and my morning jacket. You're gonna get Wilco in here. Look at all those major politicians we're getting. I just think Wilco's gonna be so boring to interview. <laughs> hey. Tweety's just gonna hog it up. Hey. Oh, What's all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Brian Williams is coming. <laughs> I guess he's looking for work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, you never know. Um, uh, Mike, thanks so much for coming. Thank on our you. Podcast. This was great. This no, was this really was nice. Best. We want to. Uh, uh, we want to like to get something together. We should probably talk about this after. Yeah, we don't want anybody to know. But well, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. It's uh, this is uh, accountability. Accountability. Say it out loud so oh, yeah. that somebody else says, "Why aren't you doing that podcast yet?" Oh yeah. What? We just want you guys uh, to. We're gonna start to move a movie thing. Yes. Right. We should talk about movies that you guys are doing, and you send one of your reps. Yes. Except not that little shithead Granger. Yeah. Not, <laughs> it, know, not someone a- with a brain, please. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and not Roos or Rizzo. And not Roos or Rizzo. So, or okay. you've already been here. Oh uh, yeah. So it looks like it's gonna be Chris Sand. N- uh, no, so, not Chris Sand. No. Oh, but nobody. wouldn't that be fun if we did that every once in a while? I you would guys love talk to about the it. month, maybe. You know that would be great. As we set it up as a month thing. We yeah. Can f- forecast what's coming. What's and, coming? Oh, that'd yeah. be great. Um, and then talk about movies and stuff. I think. It, so let's look at this as the uh, we've walked through the gates of that relationship now. Yes. You know. <laughs> the you know what I mean? Wow. Is that how you, you would start a date like that way? Like we walked through the gates night, of our relationship. Drop her off and say, we've just walked through the gates. Yeah. I'll be back at the car. <laughs> I'll be back at the car. Wait, why are you going to the car? I'm going Wait, back to the car now. waiting for our next date. I'll see you in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so this can be the second date. Be the back best in a second. date ever. Ready for my second date. Go get my stuff. I gotta go get my duffel. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, and also for people who are not members of the Roxy, because that's one way to do it, right? That is a way to do it. So you don't think that's the best way to do it? I can tell by your body language. No, 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 no. That's a great way to <laughs> do it. Okay. Language um, went high. Did you hear his voice go high? <laughs> It was straight up like curly. So people become good. members. It costs how much money? It's a it's a, a range. Uh, the the basic membership is uh, it's like fifty bucks for for what you end up with is essentially a discount on every ticket. Next levels uh, are you know I think two fifty annually. Annually, oh fifty bucks That's annually, and you get a discount a dollar off a ticket, so it's pretty good. Yeah, me? and that at two fifty annually. And for you know a regular moviegoer, that's really not a big deal. That's awesome. Yeah, at, at two fifty, you get free movies. Yeah, and popcorn. And it is uh, for people that haven't been there. It is just a really nice experience. Thank you. Going to that, that really Thank you. I mean, it's fucking beautiful in there. 
Uh, the people are friendly. Your concessions area is just sort of like lovely. There's yeah. something really nice about it. That's Chris Sand. Um, He's all about that. And He's the uh, manager there. And you can drink a beer. You can drink a beer. You can have some wine. How great is organic that? Organic popcorn. And we're, you know, popcorn. increasingly, I mentioned we're going to have like, you know, eggs for, uh, for Cool Hand Luke. Uh, we won't we have, have a lot of eggs for other films. That's just the one. What do you mean? <laughs> have you ever seen Cool Hand Luke? Yes. Hard boiled eggs. So you're that's at the concession stand. Don't. That's gross. No, no, it's no. Be stinky. Fifty eggs. Think about the smell. <laughs> no, but it's <laughs> so stinky. But it's like on the airplane, everybody's eating them, so you don't even notice the. Wait, smell. what airplane? What, 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 what no, airline like, are you flying through Central <laughs> Russia? <laughs> we were, More we egg, were, please. No, no, not eggs. eggs. We were uh, discussing with Duncan how the airplanes smell like farts, but you but don't think, know if they do or not. I think farts don't smell on airplanes. Personally, you don't. You think that farts do not smell on airplanes? I my farts, which are smelly. Generally, okay, I'm following. I do not smell them <laughs> on airplanes. You don't smell them on airplanes. It's the but it's, I smell them. Don't you understand else. aerodynamics? And I everyone s- behind you smells those airplanes. Those <laughs> airplane oh farts. fuck! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. You're leaving it behind, You're right. my friend. Yeah, I don't understand. Depressurized. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, go to the Roxy uh, hip strip. We can they can uh, inquire more about memberships. Online. Yeah, I mean you can find it online at the theater.org and just you know show up at the box office and sign up. And you guys are showing movies every night now. Every night, right now, I don't know what we're doing. Um, oh, walking out, Smith Brothers movie nice. shot down cool. in uh, in Livingston. It's oh, gorgeous. great, cool. Yeah, cool. We'll check them out, Mike. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, guys. This, this has been wonderful. Jamie and Travis present. present. Blazon, where do you like to have breakfast? I love Burn Street Bistro. Really? Yeah. Why? I didn't even know they had breakfast. They sure do. Know. They do. 7 to 10.30. One. Ten- no, you're right. Breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> no, you can, have, you can have lunch after 10.30. That's right, that's right, right. But listen, you guys. <laughs> mocha Diablas, which is a mocha. That's spicy. <laughs> Gluten-free toast. Gluten-free toast. Candied bacon. Candied bacon. Omelets with whatever leftover crap they have, and it's usually amazing. <laughs> so totally. good. Yeah. Totally. And limitless amounts of split, uh, space to play Scrabble. <sighs> that sounds like a nice morning to me. Yeah. Also, does. big windows, lots of natural yeah. morning light. It's sort of a night. If you could somehow wake up in Burn Street Bistro, it would be a really I good way to start a day. I bet some of those people have w- woken up there. The Probably. people who work there. That's true, right? Yeah. I love natural And you'll light. never know what kind of soundtrack it's going to be on. It, it, it spans from. True. NPR to Mastodon to Robin. <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> it is it is a treat just to figure out what they might be playing next. It sure is. Yeah. It sure is. And uh, good people. Good, good people, people work there. Yeah. Everybody's nice. It's a really awesome place. But the food is freaking awesome. Yeah. And they have some pretty great t shirts. Oh, yeah. You know something they do about those. All right, all right. Cool. Uh, you can uh, get a hold of them by telephone if What's you number? want to do that. 406 543 They're located at 1500 Burn Street. 1500 Burn Street. Uh, if you want to find out about their catering and their menu, you can check their website, burnstreetbeaster.com. Uh, for special events and specials, like like special events and special meals, uh, check out their Facebook like and Instagram. Bug Appet- oh yeah, they did that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's like the most. It's not it's not like hipster foodie, 
there, but they have. Uh, uh, I feel like I'm going off the rails a little bit. <laughs> no, I feel good about this. I feel good about this. Uh, but it is the place to eat food that you just don't get to see very often in the place. So good. Yeah. And when you say over easy egg, it's an over easy it's egg. It's a damn over easy. Actually, yeah. I think that's the only option. Which oh. I sort of, which I sort of well, one of the things I love it's about It's a good option. They know what's good. Yeah. They know what's good. So go check them out. Burn Street Bistro, 1500 Burn Street. Woo! Bye. Bye. Or hi. Hi. See ya. (laughs)